Your three steps to wealth starts in three, two, one, now. This is The Three Steps to Wealth. Hello, I'm Scott Hogue. Welcome to The Three Steps to Wealth. Before we start, I have a few questions for you to help us focus our efforts and get the best results. Have you outgrown your job? In this economy, do you even have a job? And by outgrowing your job, I'm also asking, have you outgrown the job strategy for making money? Now, if you own a business, I also have a question for you. Do you have a business, or does a business have you? Almost two decades ago, I realized that I had outgrown the job strategy for making money. It was like I'd been hanging around grade school, and I was all grown up now. It was just time for me to go on. I had worked for several Fortune 500 companies over the years as a mid-level manager in the manufacturing business, and one by one, each of these companies had sent their manufacturing overseas. As I was updating my resume yet again after I'd received notice that my job was being eliminated and I'd just be getting a severance package out of the deal, I asked myself, why? Why am I going back to working for people that I never met, that don't care any more for me than what I can do for them today to help them make money and then just spend my life making them rich instead of me rich? I put down the resume, and I decided to work instead on a pet project of mine that I called The Three Steps to Wealth. I haven't had a job or looked back since. I work for me and for the benefit of me and my family. If this sounds interesting to you, then you're in the right place. For your reference, this is podcast number one, The Introduction. This is not your usual podcast. We're going to cover some things here that you just won't hear or see anywhere else. As we go along, I will explain why it is important to me for you to get this. Just know for now that it is very important to me for you to get this. And it's unbelievably important to you that you get this. We want to have some fun at this, and we will, but I'm serious about the subject, and you should be too. I'll be teaching wealth. It's that simple. I'll be teaching financial wealth, relationship wealth, and even wealth and health here. This is about your life, the things that create your life, and your quality of life. I'll also be teaching a little spiritual wealth here, too. I used to get some resistance for that until we had Enron and Bertie Madoff and the housing financial crisis. It doesn't help you much if you're the richest man or woman in prison. You don't want to be the richest and most hated person in your neighborhood, either. We all need a spiritual compass to keep us in harmony with our fellow man and woman. A spiritual compass can keep you from going too far out on a limb and losing everything. It's also an area of your life where that you can receive a type of satisfaction that you cannot achieve in any other area of your life. There are actually people that have money and are very unhappy, and if you don't have much money, I can understand why you wouldn't think that's true, but I can make you a list. If you have a fortune in cash but you're not happy, can you really call that true wealth? I don't think so. So that's why I'll touch on the spiritual side of life just a little. Now, Don't think I'm going to have you sitting cross-legged and chanting, but if that's your thing, that's fine. This is all very personal and flexible. 
In this series, I'll be teaching things like the top four reasons most people are not wealthy and never will be. Now, you can fix these reasons, but most people don't even know these problems exist. How are you going to fix a problem you don't even know exists? I'll be teaching how money is made, where it is made, and the four wealth strategies. I'm going to teach you the six cash flow pathways and the six things that you can exchange for money. Of course, I'm going to teach you the three steps to wealth and the three secrets to the three steps to wealth that you must understand to make this all work for you. All of this should be of extreme importance to you. The reason is, is this is of extreme importance to your quality of life and even the quality of life of those around you, like your family and your friends, the people that are important to you. Now, we all have some degree of resistance when it comes to new things and change. There's nothing wrong with being cautious. On the other hand, we must be open to new things, to have new experiences, and to have new results. If you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. So to have any improvement, you have to be willing to make some changes, and I'm talking mostly about small changes. Dr. Wayne Dyer says that when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Let's go over that again. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. In this podcast, I hope to give you a better point of view or better viewpoint on the things in life. A thing like changing your point of view doesn't require years of schooling and mountains of effort. A little shift can make a big difference. Because of the world and how we interact with it, well, we often go about things in a backward sort of way to try to get things done. Now, I'll explain more about that later, but here's a story that might give you a little insight now. I know a woman that went to her doctor regularly for years to get her migraine headache medicine prescription renewed. For some reason, I I don't remember why, uh, she may not have even told me, but whatever the reason was, she changed doctors one day. The new doctor asked her if she had ever checked to see if certain foods brought on a headache. No, she said she just took the medicine. Well, the new doctor gave her a sheet to keep with her and fill with what she ate or how much she slept and so on. I don't remember all the details, but it's something like that. And in a few weeks, she realized that if she ate too much chocolate, too much cheese, or ate them close together, she would get a headache. Now, she doesn't take migraine medicine anymore because she just doesn't have the headaches. She has the knowledge. For years, she was treating the symptoms instead of stopping the headaches. She and the doctor were working on the wrong end of the problem. You might be surprised how often we're drawn to the wrong end of the problem. To give this all a chance, I'm going to ask you to suspend your resistance for a while. Just put it up on the shelf. You can take it back down later if you choose to do so. You are in control. It's up to you. It's up to you what you believe and what you do or don't do in the end. I'm just asking you to pretend with me for a while. Now, there's no harm in pretending. You can always go back to thinking and doing things just like you're doing now. In fact, that's the easiest thing to do. It's just like playing a game. For the rest of this podcast, I just want you to play a game with me. I'm asking you to pretend that everything I say just might be right and in the proper context and circumstances that it's actually true. If something comes up that you think may not be true or correct, just say to yourself, I may not fully understand that yet, so I won't reject it. I'll just consider it more later. It still may be correct and even useful. I just may not understand everything this man has to explain and say about it yet. Let me hear him out. Let me hear him out first and see if he can connect all this together. So for you to get the most of this, 
and I'm asking you to just do temporarily do that. I just want you to open the door a little. Let this information in for your consideration. Start the lesson with this thought. This man just might be right. Now let's begin. I started studying wealth about 30 years ago. I soon noticed that a small number of people here in the United States had the majority of the wealth in the United States. A few people in my neighborhood had more wealth than most of the people in the neighborhood. The same was true in the state that I lived in and the same in the entire country. Later, I heard numbers like 3 or 4% of the population own something like 95% or even 97 or more percent of the wealth. These numbers are not exact, but they certainly are close enough for us to understand that relatively few people own most of the wealth in the United States. You don't have to be an accountant or a scientist. You don't need a supercomputer to notice that there are much more, many more, lower-priced houses in general than the multi-million dollar mansions. Well, some years after I first noticed this, I went to work for a man, and this man owned eight factories and several companies. Well, this was one of those people that owned a lot of wealth. He was a wealthy man. It took five years of construction to complete his house and his estate. Now, I've seen entire subdivisions of houses built in the same amount of time or even less. He bought a company in Canada while I was working for him, and that is when I learned that it's about the same in Canada. Back then, Canada was much more of a socialistic country than the United States, but it was still the same. A relatively few uh, percentage or number of people, they, they own most of the wealth. Later, I spent a little time in Great Britain. Not long, but it didn't take long to find out that it was about the same there. And then I went to South Africa, and it was the same there, and then to Central Africa, and it was the same there. And even in places where their tribal chiefs ruled locally, in remote areas, they may not even know that the country has a president. But there are still the same relative few people that own most of the local wealth there. Here's what I discovered. These people, either on purpose or by accident or even circumstances, were doing the things that brought them wealth and made them wealthy. It wasn't magic. They certainly weren't all born into it. What they were doing was bringing them what they were getting, and they were getting most of the wealth. So what have we covered so far? First, I said this was important to you because this is your life. What can be more important to you than your life and the lives of your loved ones? Next, I ask you to suspend your disbelief just long enough to consider what I have to say. That's all I'm asking. Consider all of this, not just part of it, and then decide for yourself. Does it make sense to me? Do you want to use it? And now I'm pointing out that a small percentage of people own most of the wealth in the world and that there is a reason for that. There's a reason for that fact. If you're still with me, then let's go on. We live in a cause and effect world. Things happen for a reason. Now, you drop a brick on your foot and your foot hurts. The cause is you dropped a brick and the effect is, is your foot hurts. So please be more careful next time. In your home, it's likely that you've got a kitchen. I know I do. Most places have a kitchen. If you do, it's likely that you have glasses and dishes in the cabinets or on a shelf somewhere. Why are there glasses on the shelf? It isn't magic. They aren't there because... Uh, they just magically appeared. They are there because you or someone put them there, not because they appeared there or in our world that that's just the way it is. You build a shelf and then the glasses and dishes just materialize. There's a reason they're there. If you own a car, 
and you go out in the morning and you see this big dent in the fender, you don't just say, well, that's just the way things are. Sometimes dents just appear in our fenders. You say to yourself that someone caused this. Someone hit my car in the fender. And if you find them, you might have a lot more to say to them. This should all make perfect sense because we know that's how the world really works. But when we see someone with a lot of money, when we don't have much, then there is a tendency to say this is just the way it is and we're really powerless to change it. It's like it's magic to most people. Now, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I can tell you from experience that most people haven't got a clue how money is made or how wealth is created, and in my opinion, it's not really their fault. As an experiment, I've asked hundreds of people if they would tell me the four strategies for making money, and so far it's easy for me to remember the number of people that actually told me. The number zero. None. Not any. No one. I've talked to people with 12 years of formal education. Now, in the United States, that would take you through incomplete high school in most cases. I've talked to people with 16 years of formal education, so that would be high school with perhaps four years of college. I've talked to people with MBA degrees and advanced education. I've talked to people that majored in marketing, people that majored in finance, and the record so far is this man that I talked to that had 22 years of formal education, and so far, no one, not a soul, has been able to tell me what the four money-making strategies are. Now, I'm not the only one in the world that knows this, but it is a very few. The rest should all ask for a refund, in my opinion, on what they have spent on education. Here is a sad truth. A formal education does not really teach you how to make money. Formal education teaches us how to be an employee and work at a job. Even sadder news is that we are leaving the jobs economy. We're leaving. That's the past. You now hear economists talk about the post-job economy and the jobless recovery. Jobs are becoming a thing of the past. I'll come back to that later in a future podcast in the series, but for now let's just focus on closing the gap between the few that own the majority of the wealth and you. Now you may be doing very well now, but it's pretty much a universal rule that you can, like everyone else, do better. So stay with me. We live in a cause and effect world. We talked about that. There are laws to how the universe works, even when it comes to building wealth. One universal law in our physical world is, is the law of gravity. If you step out of a second-story window, you will go down because of this law. You can't be so dumb or so ugly or so unlucky, so unloved. You can't be so confused and indecisive that you'll just float or fall up. Rich or poor, the result's the same. Gravity, if nothing else, is fair, and it's universal. You can count on gravity. There are also laws when it comes to wealth. They're just as true, they're just as universal, and they're just as fair. A lot of people I talk to, they challenge me on this. They simply don't believe that there are laws as real and universal as gravity when it comes to building wealth. This is when I bring out the first law of wealth. Now, the first law of wealth is that you have to, to be wealthy. You have to live on less than you make. Break this law and be broke and in debt all your life. Use the law, and the money can't help but begin to pile up. A third-grade math student can see that this is true. Put more in than you take out, and in time, you've got abundance. When I show people the first law of wealth, they often begin to think now that there just might be something to this. The first law is so simple and so obvious that a rational person will not argue with it. However, not everyone is rational, and I suppose not everyone is rational all the time, so I still do meet with quite a bit of resistance with a number of people. In fact, the most frustrating thing I have faced and still face today 
is getting people to see and agree with the facts. It's a frustrating business. Here's an example to show you that it doesn't matter who you are. You can enjoy the same results as other successful people. Imagine you're dreaming, and in your dream, you're in a line of people. Now, your friends are there, and some of the rich people that you see in the news are there and in line with you, too. Celebrities and everyday people. And, well, one by one, you're coming up to this counter as the line moves forward, and one by one in line... These people take a pitcher of water and they pick up a tray and they fill it to make ice cubes. So they've got this ice tray and they're filling it with water. And then the line moves forward and they put the tray of water into a commercial freezer. Now, each tray has got the person's name on it. So your tray's got your name. My tray's got my name. Whoever, it's got their name on it. So we can find our tray in the freezer when we come back. Now, we're told to come back in three hours. So three hours later... We come back, and we get back in line. Now, look, over there, there's Donald Trump, and just ahead of you, and, and me is, is Bill Gates over here, and uh, just a few people. There's, there's Oprah Winfrey. Look, well, uh, there's this man that looks down on his luck, though, and you see him in line. So you watch him for a minute or two, and he's got old torn clothes, and, and it's just a little dirty there and disheveled, and, well, you decide that that poor man's a drunk, and then you look away from him, and you see a woman that, that that's thin and pale and doesn't look well. And you look at for her for a moment, and you realize that she must be a drug addict, and her life must just be terrible. Then you see other people that are somewhere in between. They aren't as rich as Bill Gates, and they don't have the problems that the drunk and the drug addict do. Finally, you get up to the freezer, and you see that Bill Gates' ice tray froze, and it made ice cubes. And then... You turn your focus now on Donald Trump. He's here, and his tray froze, and it made ice cubes. And Oprah Winfrey's tray, it froze and made ice cubes, too. But then your friend from work comes along ahead in front of you, and you're like, his tray froze and made ice cubes, too. Now the pressure's on, and you're a bit nervous as you ask for the tray with your name on it because you, you're afraid maybe your tray won't freeze and make ice cubes like these people. And what if it didn't, and, and your friend even did, so... You can hardly bear to look at it, but there it is. It's your tray, and it's got your name on it. And guess what? It froze, and it made ice cubes, too. You stand for a moment around to just see what happens there, and you see the drunk come up, and then the drug addict, and they claim their trays. And what you see is amazing. Their ice trays froze and made ice cubes, too. Imagine that. Everyone's ice trays froze, and they made ice cubes. When everyone did what the successful people did to make ice, they made ice too. Amazing. You know this just isn't a dream. You know that in real life, if anyone put water in a tray, and they put that tray into a cold and working freezer, it would freeze in time just like the trays of the rich and the famous. It's a law. It doesn't matter who you are and where you are in life. If you manage to get water cooler than 32 degrees Fahrenheit for a little while, it's going to freeze. And that's just the way it is. It doesn't matter who you are or who's president. It doesn't matter who won the World Series this year. It doesn't matter if your parents are divorced or if you didn't get very far in school. That doesn't matter either. It it doesn't matter if you never met your father. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter what religion you practice. Here is the lesson. There are laws in the universe, even laws that govern success and wealth. 
If you follow them and do the same thing successful and wealthy people do, you will get the same results. If you don't believe it, then fill an ice tray and put it in a cold freezer. If you still doubt it, find the person that you can find in the worst possible condition that you can find a person in and have them over to fill an ice tray and have them put it in your freezer. I guarantee you that if you give it a while, that tray will freeze too. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are in life, you are only three steps away from wealth. I think that's enough for the introduction. This is a journey, and we started toward a better life today. If you're serious about improving your life and building wealth in many areas, you'll want to continue. In the next podcast, I'm going to be covering how I got here. This is not about me. It's about you. But I think that you will find some things in my life story that you can apply to your life to get results without the pain and the suffering that I went through. And then this will all uh, make this much, much faster for you if you can learn from my lessons that I had to learn. I'll also tell you about the one-on-one and group training that I've done with this very material. And I'll tell you about some of the results that I've seen, the good, the bad, and even the amazing. I'll cover the issue that I found that I had to overcome to help people. Everything I tried and everything I did was a failure until I understood this issue and how to help people overcome it. At this point, you just might be asking yourself, is this man actually going to teach me how to make money, how money's made, how to build wealth, how he taught this in the groups, what he found that it took to get the people to actually do this and succeed, and teach it all on this podcast. Well, that's the plan. This isn't hard, but you have to show up. Uh, You have to follow a little coaching and give it a try. I know from experience that a lot of people won't even show up for the next podcast, but they still will complain about being broke. What I don't know now is, is will that be you? That's it for this podcast. If you're serious about this, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any lessons as we go through the series. The website is www.3stepstowealth.com and you must spell the word three, so that makes it www.threestepstowealth.com. Three Steps to Wealth. Spell the word three, just don't use the numeral in the address. If you're serious about success, wealth, and a better life, I'm just suggesting that a website named Three Steps to Wealth could be useful. There's a free download section on the website and also a blog. You might want to make a note of it to check the website and to check it often because we add material pretty frequently. There's a feed link for the blog as well as an RSS link to subscribe to the podcast. Till next time, it's my heart's desire that you're blessed. This podcast is a production of Hogan Life and is copyrighted 2013 by Scott Hogue, The Three Steps to Wealth. Since your conditions are dependent on your personal circumstances, and since laws and circumstances can change quickly, we must insist that in any endeavor where there's risk, you must consult with a competent professional. Scott Hogue is an educator and does not provide personal professional advice in any area. Companies and trademarks mentioned in these podcasts belong to their owners and not to Scott Hogue or the Three Steps to Wealth. 
the endorsement of the companies or people mentioned in these podcasts or they of this material is not implied. All music is the property of the rights and copyright holders and has been licensed for use here. This is a production of Hogan Life, copyright 2013. All rights reserved.